this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today, we're going to go on a personal journey through transformation, awakening, and empowerment. You know, I know that a lot of people that listen to our podcast, you're going on your own personal journey. And I really hope that hearing our guest, Ruby Nichols, adventure, transformation, all of it. I haven't heard it yet, so I'm not sure what her story quite is. So I'm going to be learning with you. Um, But today's guest is Ruby Nichols. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'm intrigued. You know, we started chatting just a little bit right before we started the podcast. And I said, let's stop because I want this to be on here, raw, live, and good. Um, So, you know, take me through. Take me through. Uh, let me let me know, know a little bit about you. Let, yeah, let's it's a little like where to begin. Um, so I started my career in advertising as a brand strategist. Um, just so that you know, I'm a very career-oriented Capricorn. So it's very much just who I am. It's a uh-huh. big part of me. It's always been a big part of me, and I've always seen my career as like more than just a job. It's always been a defining factor, and I wanted my work to really matter to people and have an impact in some way um, and like do some good in the world. I figure if we're spending so many hours of our day working, it should be meaningful. Yes. Um, So that's how I saw it. I was really intrigued by advertising early on. Um, I think I just like communicating and connecting with people. So I did that for about eight years total. Um, I moved to New York from Houston to start my ad career because that was just like the hub where Mm -hmm. everything was. It was going fine. (laughs) It was going fine. I didn't land like my dream job yet, but I was like working so hard, you know, to to get there. And I think about four years in, um, I randomly out of really out of nowhere, got a call um, from kind of my dream agency out in LA. Um, It's called TBWH Diet Day. They're best known for doing all the legendary Apple stuff. Wow. So it was just always on my list. Like if, if once in my career, like I could work there, you know, that's the place I just want to see what it's like and experience once. So I had submitted a resume probably online years ago and I, you know, went into cyberspace somewhere. I was like, oh, nobody got it. Never heard anything. They somehow dug it out of the archives from like two years ago, um, the recruiter, and called and said, hey, we're starting this interesting brand consultancy that's a subsidiary of Shiat. It's called the Disruption Consultancy, which I loved the name um, (laughs) immediately. And she was like, yeah, the director was looking for people and he told me to call you. We found your resume, he said to call you. Um, so I had a phone call with him, mm-hmm. um, Dave Freeman, really amazing, uh, just kind of genius free spirit guy. Okay. Um, we talked on the phone for about 45 minutes and just I instantly had such a deep connection with him that I remember thinking like, I have to, I would follow him anywhere in the world. I just need to work with you wow. <laughs> because we just... I just felt like he got me and I was like, you know, whatever you're doing, I just want to be a part of. And I thought it was really cool that it was entrepreneurial because they were building it. So it was really just me, him and one other person. And he really was letting me have a say in like how this thing was going to take shape and we could build it together. And, you know, for as young as I was, that was a really cool opportunity. Yeah. So that pretty much brought me from New York to L.A. And I left a lot behind. I was seeing my now husband for two years at the time, which is kind of that 
crossroads time when you're like, are we moving doing, forward? Are, yeah, are we, we doing gonna... this like for good? Or is that, you know, um, and it was a tough thing to do long distance that far. And I lived with my sister. I had like a huge network of amazing friends in New York wow. that I call family. So it was a big kind of decision to leave all that for this. But I was like 27 at the time. And yeah. I was like, I had no reason to say no. So I left and um, came to LA, discovered Venice, found a place there, fell in love with the neighborhood. <laughs> um, the agency was close by. My boss, Dave, happened to live there. So we were like neighbors. <laughs> um, and everything for three months was like a dream. It actually lived up to all of my expectations. Like the job was super fun loved LA. Um, everything fell into place so easily. Like I found an apartment, a car, like it was just easy. Yeah. So for three months I was living my dream. And then suddenly out of nowhere, um, Dave passed away. Wow. Um, and it was very unexpected. They, I still, you know, don't necessarily have the full explanation. It was probably like a heart attack or stroke or just something very sudden. Um, and we had plans the next day to like go to the company summer party together, like ride our bikes there. We were going to work out of his home for the next month, like in his backyard. Wow. Um, it was just very, yeah, um, devastating, I think. And it was like I was on such a high. And then because it was so small and he was the heart and soul of that place, yeah. it was me, him and one other junior person, which we were both very new. So. Yeah. We just kind of were left, we kind of felt like orphans where, where we didn't really know what to do. The company kind of didn't know how to handle us or what to do with us. So we were just weird kind of floaters for a while. Um, and I think the main thing is I didn't have like my support network here either, you know, my close friends yeah. and family and all that. So um, yeah, I just sort of soldiered on through the job for two years. They eventually found another director who was also amazing and smart, but I think um, it just didn't feel like a right fit for me anymore. Like the job became something that I didn't sign up for. Mm. Um, and I think I just never, yeah, I just never really dealt with the death fully. Um, I just sort of got thrown into keep like keeping everything going and like keeping it together. And I didn't even think about moving back to New York at the time because I think it was, I was just so, um, intent on making this work yeah <laughs> you know it's just it was just such a disappointment that I think I was like no I'm gonna like this is gonna work <laughs> well yeah and especially since you gave up everything for yeah know, moved right all the so way across far. the country yeah so I think um and I think it was like felt poetic like oh I'm gonna carry on his legacy and like you know I knew what mm -hmm. Dave wanted to do and so that was my kind of hope and then as time went on it was about two more years and I think I realized like this is, is not at all what I came for and yeah. it's not that job anymore. So um, I just kind of grew really miserable in it. And I think everything about it felt like it wasn't, I felt like a fish out of water, honestly. Okay. Um, to the point where at the very end, I broke out in crazy stress hives is what I would call it. <laughs> wow. Like my, I was working a lot too on top of it and just miserable, like not feeling like it was a fit for me. Isn't that crazy how like our bodies, like when we ignore our emotions and, and 
the fact that we're not happy, we're not yeah. comfortable, this isn't what we really want to do, but we just mentally were like, oh no, we're just going right. to keep on going, keep on going, just keep on going. It, just ignore it. And like yeah. our bodies will do these crazy things. I mean, you hear about that. Like it's where, it's real. you know, somebody be like, yeah, you know, even if they don't know somebody directly that broke out in hives or had something like that, it's, <laughs> it's pretty common that somebody knows somebody that that yeah. kind of something like that like has happened. weird, unexplainable rashes. Yeah. That's what, that's what yeah. happens. It's like your own body just starting to break down and attack you. <laughs> and saying, listen, yeah. you got to change. Yeah, so that's exactly what happened. And I was like physically, mentally, emotionally just broken when I left that job. I remember for two months I was like sick, could not get better. I had this rash that I couldn't get rid of. I didn't really know it was wrong, um, but it took, I remember, about two months and I had to go see finally an acupuncturist because, um, you know, I went to a dermatologist and they're like, we don't know what it is. There's nothing we can do. Just It'll be like six to 12 weeks. And I was like, it was like all over getting on my face. Like it was getting really, they were like, don't worry. It's usually only on your trunk, like nowhere um, visible. And it was everywhere visible. It was like all over my face, my arms. Um, so luckily. My, is that the, what they call that area? Your yeah, trunk? your trunk. Exactly. I know. Sorry. They were like, oh, it's just hidden. And I was like, no, no, lines everywhere you can see. Um, and luckily my mom was like, Let's try an acupuncturist, you know. Yeah. I think because probably culturally too, like mm -hmm. Chinese medicine and all that, it's like herbs and, yeah. you know. She's like, let's try that instant, like, difference. It went away within, like, days. When they gave me herbs, I got acupuncture treatment. She basically told me flat out, she was like, oh, your body is holding, like, so many toxins and stress. Like, it is way overloaded right now. Wow. Um, and that was the first time I kind of made that mind-body connection like oh it really is just because I was miserable <laughs> um, so yeah that was um, I got better after a few days like after I did that um, Wow but that was how my journey in LA started <laughs> well yeah I mean I'm, I'm guessing that that piques your attention of saying okay well uh, <laughs> dermatologist saying you know weeks if not months if that and and then somebody doing you know a few needle turns and drinking some herbs or eating it and then suddenly a few days later you're better and you're realizing yeah. the amount of energy and alignment right yeah yeah and it was great and it was a good wake-up call to me just her it was basically the acupuncturist at least making that connection for me for the first time like um you know just that your emotions will affect your physical health yeah um but yeah, so I, I think I left that pretty broken and damaged and burnt out, to be honest, from the industry. And I was already feeling like a little burned out from advertising. And I remember thinking at the time that if I were to stay in advertising, that was the only job I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, so then when that kind of uh, fell apart, <laughs> yeah, it was like... I think the universe and everything was just like get out like it's time it's time to move on mm -hmm. um but i still i freelanced for two years like most people do because you're like i need money you know what am i gonna do i didn't really know like what the next step was yeah but it, the the good thing is the freelancing the time that that allowed me and like the space it allowed me to um just reevaluate things I, I allowed myself to just start exploring and just to start doing things that made me happy again it's mm -hmm. like you almost forget I think when you're in that survival state for so long you just forget how to be and like be joyful or just yeah. enjoy things that make you happy however insignificant it seems <laughs> um, so I just sort of allowed myself to wander and my husband and I were traveling a little bit at that time which I always enjoyed 
Um, and then slowly that's how kind of this next iteration and Almanac of Style and my business and all that was born. Um, we were traveling and I kind of noticed there was a very specific way my husband and I liked to travel, which was um, no matter where we were in the world, we would gravitate towards these artist communities, like mm -hmm. small neighborhoods, just creative communities where like people were doing interesting things, you know? Yeah. Um, and we would end up talking to a lot of the small store owners. Like I always loved just small shops. Um, so we would talk to them and I always wanted to know their story. Like, how did you end up opening this place? And um, they always had interesting stories, I thought. Yeah. Um, and they would introduce me to like a local designer who they carried in the store. And then that person would introduce us to a local artist who's another friend of theirs. And we'd end up meeting this whole community of people that way. And to the point where we became friends, friends and like hung out the rest of our trip. Wow. <laughs> like so I went to the wedding of one of the women <laughs> in Palm Springs like last year who I met that way. Um, yeah, we would just hang out like four, like four days of the week that the, we had remaining somewhere. Like we'd hang out almost every day. Wow. <laughs> um, so I guess to me, I was like, oh, this is such a genuine like connection I'm making with people and I love doing this. So I thought, I was like, how do I just do this for a living? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's how Almanac of Style, kind of the idea started brewing. Okay. I started it as just a blog um, okay. because I was like, I'm already going around and collecting these stories of people. So I find it interesting. Like, why not share the stories of these people in these like really cool neighborhoods, right? Because for me, when I went places, I did, it was rare that I fell in love with a whole city. It was really about like this really small neighborhood or like pockets of areas within cities um, that kind of have their own vibe. So I started covering like Venice, which mm -hmm. is where, you know, my backyard at the time, interviewed people, started it as a blog. Um, it actually got a lot of great traction right yeah. away. Um, so I was like, okay, people are interested. My goal was always maybe to do it for a year and then um, have more of a business component because I didn't necessarily just want it to be a blog. Yeah. Um, I always had this e-commerce idea of like collaborating with these local makers to make something special and like a small limited edition thing that's sold just on my site. Um, so it just felt like intimate and special yeah. with them. So yeah, um, all of that said, but stop me anytime. I don't no, really no, know no, where no, to like no. stop. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm just letting you go because you're, you know, okay. moving through your journey. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, so that happened about a year, or six months in, it kind of started getting like picked up by the media and stuff, and I was like, great, and then I got pregnant, um, <laughs> and that threw a whole nother curveball into things, it's just, you as know, usual. Life, well, you know, I always <laughs> say life is all about the ups and the downs, and, yeah. and, and we have different things that we think gear us off of our path, but where it's really on exactly. the path, you know, yes. you're right so and you wise. take this fork, but you know, really you were meant to go down that, the path I and know. explore that, yes. you know, in hindsight, we always know that, <laughs> but it's but, so wise. But if yeah. we always know that in hindsight, if we can just, if we've always felt that we can just get to that point of yeah, trust while and we're going go. through it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, at the time, it's like I had such plans. You know, I was like, I'm going to yeah. do this for a year and then this is going to happen. So, so, when, so when you were doing this, I mean, you were meeting, you were meeting these artist communities all the time when you were traveling. Yeah. But then you really kind of hunkered in on Venice because it was your community yeah. in your backyard. After you were gaining some success there, were you taking that out and finding other local artists uh, with your blog and the different things outside of Venice? Or was it just kind of limited to Venice at that point before you were um, 
Yeah, no, I actually wanted it to be as global as possible. Okay. Um, so that was part of where I thought the whole baby thing was a big wrench in my plans. Because <laughs> I was like, because before this, so much of what inspired it was like this epic trip to Japan. And it okay. was just so, I mean, that was still, to be honest, the, the trip of my life. Um, where it was like, I just was able to dive deep into all these different pockets and neighborhoods and meet all these cool people and write. And so that was a lot of, of stuff on my blog at the time. So I did, I started with Venice just because it was local, but mm-hmm. I always was like, I, I I can't remember what other areas I covered. I did um, like a place in Dogpatch in San Francisco. So I did venture out a little bit. Um, and what was your coolest uh, story that you covered that you remember from that time? Um, or artist? On the blog or, or I mean, it honestly was the Japan stuff. I still think my um, favorite thing was Naoshima in okay. Japan is an entire art island. And it's still like relatively unknown, I feel like. It's an entire island dedicated to contemporary art. Wow. So the only things on there are three incredible like state-of-the-art museums. One of them that's most famous, I think, is Benise. And you can stay overnight. So it's like a museum hotel. And so the guests who are overnight has have the museum just to themselves at night. Like you can just walk around and enjoy it to yourself. I mean, it's it's amazing. And then you bike around the whole island, and there's art installations around every corner, where they converted that like really cool. it's rad. Like rundown houses, and they got all these commissioned artists to just like turn it into installations. So you can just run or bike around and like run into this old house that's this really cool installation now and check it out. Um, it was just it was incredible. So yeah, that would be the highlight. That's super cool. I've never heard of that. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to be doing, right? Yeah. And then going I got, around I, and finding those places everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like meeting interesting people. Um, and then I got pregnant. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, how am I going to travel? Like, it's harder now, yeah. right? To, I was like, of course, I decide to start like this travel business when it's hard for me to travel. You know. <laughs> so I think I was already feeling kind of. You know, I hate to say it and it's, you know, sort of a dirty word in motherhood, but like resentment. You yeah. know, I was a little like, great. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, we actually wanted this baby. That's the thing. It's not even like it was a total surprise. Yeah. I think I just didn't realize, like once it happened, I was like, what does this mean now? And yeah. how is my life going to change and look? And it's, I was like, oh, it's going to look really different. And I don't know how to do this. Like, how do yeah. I juggle both? Um and just so you, you know, like, uh, that, that's a very common thing. I mean, they yeah. even have, you know, I mean, postpartum be, right? is, yeah. is a whole syndrome that people yes. have it when they realize that their life is not the same anymore, yes. you know? Which I did have, and that was part of my journey. <laughs> okay. But, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I think I got pregnant at the time. And so, it, you know, I was taking it slow. I was, like, still doing the blog. It just, I could only do about half of what I did, though, because I was so nauseous the whole first trimester. I just didn't expect to feel so sick all the time. So it just really slowed me down already. Um, Then I had the baby and I was like, oh, like, you know, maybe I'll wait three to six months and then be able to jump back in or maybe I can do stuff part time. Um, I just had these ideas in my head that I thought would work based on what I had heard. And it just wasn't the case. Like, (laughs) I just, I couldn't, it was a joke to me to like work part-time, you know, I uh, was trying to take phone calls here and there. Like the irony too is that Fathom, which was one of my favorite like travel sites at the time, Mm -hmm. um, I got ranked as like one of their top 24 or something um, best travel blogs or sites, like the, I think it was like the day or the week that my baby was born. 
wow. which was like, I was like, yay. And then, and then I got all these sort of inquiries from that, you know. And then you're like, and but I, I can't do, do it. Yeah, I was like, I can't do any of it. I tried to take a phone call for 15 minutes, never worked. Like, yeah. I was just like, I have to go. Like the baby's just, you know, <laughs> crying. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think I just started feeling kind of resentful about like how I didn't, I, I think I started feeling and, and depression kind of started setting in too because I think I just realized everything that defined me before felt like it was gone. Like I, my husband and I used to go out all the time. Like we loved nightlife. We liked Mm -hmm. to go out to dinners. Like that was our thing. My, you know, having a creative business where I wanted to travel was harder. And like, I just, it affected all of those things. And I was like, I feel like nothing that was like who I like defined who I was is like there anymore. I just can't enjoy it anymore. So I started kind of getting more and more depressed because I was staying at home full time which now I know, you know, it's everything, it's different for everyone, but I know for me now, I'm like, I cannot stay home 24 hours for too long, like just watching the baby. I have to either, I don't know, like, yeah. it's just, I, I can't do it. I was going insane. Like the repetitiveness, they're like things people don't tell you, you know, I was like, it's so repetitive. <laughs> There's nobody to talk to. And it was just like, yeah, change diaper, nap time. I mean, it was, I yeah. was going crazy. Um, so, yeah, I did. I got pretty depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really struggling with my kid at the time. Um, I'm sure that now I know that my energy absolutely was affecting him because yeah. they're babies and that's all they have to go off of. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he felt all of my anxiety and depression and probably also resentment, to be yeah. honest. Um, and then later, I think when he was around three, like, uh, he technically got diagnosed, um, as being on the spectrum. So he was diagnosed with like high, I guess they call it high level autism. Okay. Which looking back explained a lot of the challenges that I had, but because it was my first. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. I was just like, it's me. Like the whole time I blamed myself. I was like, you know, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time. Like clearly I'm doing something wrong. Why, how come everybody else seems to be able to manage and control their child and I just can't, you know, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Um, It was just a real struggle. So, uh, and, you know, I I think it it was just a lot going on at the same time. Like that was happening and my husband was also really struggling at work and working a ton and traveling a ton. So he was dealing with his own kind of things. And I, you know, now looking back, I was like, we were both definitely depressed. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, having both partners being depressed plus a child with some special needs and all of that is, I mean, it felt really dire at the time. Yeah. Like we were drowning Yeah. for a while. So how did you get out of it? So that's when I'd say that my spiritual journey started really. Um, okay. I, you know, it was years at that point that I was miserable for a long time. And I couldn't, yeah. it was like, even though the circumstances changed, like he started daycare, you know, we had help. I was starting to get back into my business and I was like, I don't, I just can't shake this like misery and depression and this like heavy feeling. I don't know what it is. I just didn't have peace of mind. Mm -hmm. So I started really seeking and it was then that I remembered, I guess, that ever since I was little, I was always very into anything kind of like new age or spiritual or whatever you want to call it, mystical, Mm -hmm. like super into it. (laughs) All of my favorite books as a kid were like about life after death. I don't know why I was fascinated. I used to hide out in Barnes and Nobles with like a stack. I had a stack of like 10 books. I was always in the new age section. I spent <laughs> so hours cute. there. 
I don't know where the feeling came from, but I felt like I had to hide it for some reason. Like, I don't know if it was cultural, but I just felt like people would think I was a weird freak. You know, like nobody would take me seriously. So I used to have a- So you're st- hiding in the aisle I, at Barnes I and did, Noble, I would sweetie. hide. And anytime somebody walked by, I'd be like, is that somebody I know? Like, and then I would take a stack and put regular other books on top of it and take it to another section to read it. Um, <laughs> So anyway, that's, but I was always into it and I sort of disconnected from that for a while. Mm -hmm. I would say for like 10 years, I just hadn't really like connected with that stuff. And so I started really self-reflecting because I had the time, um, which was a gift now that I look back that I had that time. Um, Because I was really reflecting on like, I was like, why am I so miserable? You know, like some, there's definitely something deeper going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I can't get peace of mind. And so I started just letting myself explore all of those things again. And it felt so good. Um, Like I was just (laughs) basically going down rabbit holes online on Google, like late at night, I would just Google anything that popped in my head because it was like my bookstore now, you know, (laughs) like before I would go to the bookstore, but now I was like, now you don't have to hide it. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to drive to the bookstore. Like, let me just go online. So I was just Googling everything, like, I don't even know, like all kinds of things, like, like, um, yeah, life after death, uh, spirit guides, like, I was clearly really seeking something, like, I was like, I need some guidance, you know. Um, And did you go out and seek guidance from somebody, or? So, yeah, I did um, therapy, for one, that majorly helped, that did start changing things a lot, and I started realizing, like, how many traumatic incidents like the death of my boss was actually Mm -hmm. very traumatic at the time because I think even though I knew him for such a short time people didn't really understand and it's like my boss so people didn't really understand the connection I had to him but somehow I felt a very deep connection well and he represented he was one of the reasons not just the job but him in the interview that you had with him that pulled you out here and then you were saying that it felt like everything in your life was falling into place. Yeah. And then it's like the shoe just dropped and everything felt like it fall, fell out of place. So yeah. I could understand that's a, that's a very big trauma, especially right. death in general is tra- traumatic, right. but especially unexpected. And then, yeah. you know, everything else that came as a ripple effect for that. Yeah, and I think honestly, if somebody had just sat down and even said that much to me at the time, but I think everyone just swept it under the rug and I think they didn't know what to say and it was so horrible that everyone just kind of moved on. And I, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm just supposed to move on. Like, I guess it's not that big a deal, mm-hmm. but it really was to me. So I recognized through therapy that that was absolutely traumatic and that I was having PTSD symptoms <laughs> from it. Who knew? Because yeah. I was always like, well, it's not like I went to war. Like, why would I even have... PTSD like that sounds ridiculous you know well and then you had you know therapist to me comes out but then you had the (laughs) the uh the double uh you know the the sitting with you put everything on the line for that new job you felt everything was falling into place and then everything fell apart and then the the cycle continued again and it repeated itself when you had almanac of style getting more exposure you're getting it you know picked up it's getting seen as you know one of the top blogs and then everything fell apart again right (laughs) and so it it was like okay you reach this like your dream job or your dream company that you're creating and dream lifestyle and then it was like it but it, it's almost the mirror repeating again yeah. so that it, it, the second time or the third time around it always hits you deeper because yeah. you already have the scar the same trauma yeah oh, you're so right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it even I mean it, it happened like over and over again because even in my freelance jobs some that I thought were amazing I was like oh okay this is my chance like this sounds amazing yeah. this is it 
and it turned out to be the exact same thing. And so it just kept, it was like I kept hitting the wall over and over. And, I, and then I just wondered why, you know. So, so yeah, the therapy helped a lot. Um, I did realize that I was ha- basically having things like panic attacks all the time or anxiety attacks all the time. Um, and then the other thing was I had a life-changing tarot reading, which I think was also what brought me back into the spirit Let realm. me hear this. This was... Um, She's amazing. A little shout out to Vardo Tarot. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I, it was on my 35th birthday. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I think at that time, it felt like a milestone for mm-hmm. me. And I was just in a really low place. You know, I was like, everything's horrible still. And I felt drawn to just get this birthday reading on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I drove out there and I think, yeah, it was, it blew me away by what, what a enormously positive reading it was in a lot of ways. Like it was just... I think I had a lot of big kind of major cards that were just about like major transformation, like yeah. pretty huge life changes. But it was all like so great. Like it sounded so positive. And at the time I was in such a low yeah. that I remember thinking, I was like, that sounds great and all, but I literally cannot see, like, I don't understand how that's even going to happen. I feel so far from like these great positive changes. Like, okay. you know, <laughs> I was like, wonderful. So, you know, I left felting a little good, but still very skeptical. Uh-huh. And then about three months, two two or three months after that, I remember things were still kind of felt like they were getting harder and harder. Um, and I was having a really hard time. And I remember I kind of got angry because I was like, she lied. <laughs> you know, I remember I was like, things were supposed to get better. You know, you just sort of sit back and think that things are going to change for you. Like, this is my fate. Like, things are just, life is going to turn around. And, um, and I got really angry and something sparked me to actually go back and listen to the reading. Like, while I was taking a bath, which I used to never do, but we moved into this new home and it had lovely baths. So I started doing baths at the time, which has turned into a very important, like, self-care ritual now. But, yes, baths are so important. Oh, they're amazing. It's just unwinding it's like a meditation oh, yeah relaxing detoxing yes spiritual purging <laughs> like cleansing yeah so okay, yeah so, so you're re-listening so to it in the bath i was in the bath and i was like i'm gonna i just feel you know um moved to listen to it again and i and i actually listened to that and like past i, I forgot at the time i did i had quite a few tarot readings but that was probably the most like life-changing one and i actually went back and listened to i think all three like three of them at the wow. time back to back and so things kind of pieces sort of started coming together as I listened through all of them and things fell into place a little more and I I had sort of this it was a huge epiphany like in the bath while I was listening to it I just suddenly was like oh I was like I actually have a choice like somehow it hit me where I was like I actually can live the life that I dream about it it's possible and it's like all me it's because for some reason I believed I couldn't and so everything like all of my actions were because I somehow deep down believed that I couldn't have it, you know? And that was a lot of what she talked about in the reading was like, you absolutely, it's a divine right of yours to have all of these things you're dreaming about. It's because it's meant to be yours. You just don't believe it. Like you need to take the invitation or like you have a seat at the table. You just need to sit down, you know? Um, And it was the first time I heard that. So I think hearing it over and over, it finally sunk in where I was like, oh, and somehow I just... Is like a switch flipped in me and I I just felt like a weight lifted off and I was like oh I just felt so positive about everything it was like I saw the opportunity suddenly in my life Wow um, it's, isn't that amazing like when you get that and that's I, I see that in so many people not yeah. realizing that 
however they want to spend their 24 hours. What do they yeah, want to it's do? It's yours. It's yours. <laughs> you know, it's your day. Complain about the things that you don't like, then guess what? You can change them or see them differently, right? Yeah, you know, you don't have to engage that. with those people. You don't have to do those kind right, of things. Right. You don't even have to work that job. I mean, granted, you might need to make money, but yeah. then you can work there somewhere else. There are other ways. There's I know. other ways, you know? Yeah. So it's realizing the power. So then you yes. have this epiphany, the slight switch goes off. You start to feel lighter. Yeah, and I, I just suddenly felt so positive and I was excited. I remember I was like, oh my God, I'm so, now I'm so excited to like go live my life. <laughs> Cause I was like, it can be whatever I make it. It was just so weird how it was such a mental flip. Like it was like, oh, now it can be anything. So, and the craziest thing to me is how it affected, how much it affected my son. Because, you know, we were, we were struggling at the time and all that and we thought, okay, he's got this diagnosis, like, it was just, we were reeling from all of it. It's a lot to process, you know, yeah. and take in it, it while we were also ourselves trying not to drown ourselves. Yeah. Um, so I think I saw it, it made me see him differently, like in a completely different light where I was like, he's not the reason. I was blaming him for, for keeping me from my dreams. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, it's because now that I have this baby, like now I have this kid and now I can't do all these things. And I just realized I was like, no, he's not the problem. Like that was just an internal block. And so I suddenly, I finally was kind of able to fully appreciate him and like see him for what he was. And you know, that was a big guilty struggle I had the whole time where I was like, I know I have the capacity to enjoy this kid for what he is. Like I, I logically could see how he was such an amazing child. Like everybody was like, he's such an amazing kid. And I was like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> mentally but I couldn't enjoy any of my yeah. time with him because I just felt all I could feel was like this burden of the responsibility at the time mm -hmm. so it made me see him in such a different light that I'm not kidding but like the next day after I had that epiphany I think my energy really shifted towards him and I treated him differently I think like the way I interacted mm -hmm. with him was so different and I was just fully it was like I was be able to be present with him I was able to just appreciate him and like love I was just happy he was there and it was like night and day, like he was a different kid, literally yeah. since that day, like I could see the change in him. And I was like, wow, like I absolutely, it absolutely was my energy that was affecting him. And you know, like he's yeah. take, taking signals from us. Um, and so ultimately in a lot of ways, I think he is what pushed me into this whole like spiritual journey and awakening, you know, like, yeah. which is often what you hear happens that your children end up being such a mirror or reflection of you and like things that you are subconscious that you don't know need healing. Mm -hmm. And he absolutely like pushed me to, to heal a lot of things and kind of like change my life really the direction yeah. I was heading. Sounds like it. Yeah. And he, you know, long story short, he just got kind of like reassessed. He's five now. So it's been two years and he just got reassessed. He's about to start kindergarten. And I mean, pretty much since that day, um, he's just, started thriving like things really changed like his behaviors started changing a lot everyone his teacher was just like i don't he's a different kid like yeah. like i don't even see any of the same behavioral symptoms or anything and so he got reassessed and they're basically like he doesn't seem to have anything like we wouldn't give him any diagnosis not even adhd like nothing they're like he's a really thriving kid so that kind of proves a lot yeah. to me because they were like that's very rare that a child like gets diagnosed and he did like by two different psychiatrists at the time but um they were just saying it's very rare to get that diagnosis and then have it have it change go away you know yeah 
But that's um, what, that that shows the power of, you know, when you change, everything in your life changes, yeah. right? You know, I mean, we can get into, are we living in a holographic universe? Is everything <laughs> yeah. a different program, you know, different stuff like that. But the bottom line is, if we take back control in our life, yeah. everything as a ripple effect can't help mm-hmm. but to shift. Right. And so even your perception of if, like, you know, if, if the power was given away from you, and no matter what the blame was placed on, yeah, I believe it happened to be placed on your son, but it was just a pr- projection, right? But yeah. it could have been placed on your husband. It could have been placed on a friend. It could have been placed on a family member. But it doesn't matter what it was. Yeah, You didn't take responsibility and ownership. So as a result, right. no matter what, for anybody that's listening, it's, it's wherever we place that, Yeah, then there's a problem there because we don't allow for the energy to be harmonious but once we take back that ownership and say oh that was me you know or or i can shift this Mm -hmm. then that can't help but to change right because that that other they have to show up differently because your vibration is different yeah and i and i think what it was is it was so empowering like that moment i was like i just yeah that was the word it was like i don't have to keep blaming it's not all these outside things that i don't have control over like yeah. i actually have full power over how things are going in my every element of my life and that was it's liberating like it's a great yeah. feeling you know so <laughs> so then since then what have you been working on doing and using the these superpowers that that um, you activated in yourself again yeah i just you know I, all of this is just, I think one point I do want to make is that it is ongoing for sure. <laughs> and that was one of the biggest yeah. lessons. Well, I mean, I just like, just have people look at even the saints, teachers, masters, whomever they may be. Yeah. They're still learning their human experiences. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't be in our uh, reincarnated no, in these suits, suits, you know? So even the yeah. biggest masters right they're not living in the spiritual realm they're living in the physical realm so they have to be evolving on some form their own development yeah exactly yeah and i think honestly that was now looking back i'm like god i was so naive or like what a fool i was because it was like every step of the way after therapy i had like you know all these breakthroughs like one breakthrough after another and i was just like every time i was like that's it like i was like I'm done. Like I'm cured. You know, I was like, oh my god, I'm cured. Like life is just gonna be amazing now. It's everything's fixed, <laughs> and it was just it was a straight year and a half to be honest of like deep self work. I mean, I dove into everything. I I just let it rip, and I let it. I let myself explore all the things that I was naturally into. That at the time, this was two or three years ago that I didn't know anybody like many people exploring the same things. So I I was quiet about it, but um. I did like, you know, Akashic readings, past life regressions, like tons of readings, like just anything. I was open to everything. Um, And all of those things I would say helped me like peel back layers and layers and layers of stuff. So it's been an ongoing process. I'm trying to continue all of these things like meditation and doing all those things um, to kind of keep me in this mindset. But I've, yeah, it's just allowed me to relaunch my, I finally got my business off the ground. That was like the big accomplishment that felt like climbing this huge mountain at the time Uh (laughs) because I had a lot of blocks there it was like you know everything that the trauma that happened with my boss also affected me creatively of course because I was in the wrong place environment for me and so I think that starts to really affect your self-esteem at times like I'm like oh it must be me like nobody's getting me like maybe I'm doing something wrong or I don't get it you know Mm -hmm. um so it was 
it was getting past a lot of hurdles to kind of relaunch my whole blog as this e-commerce thing that I had always imagined, but I was able to launch it um, in the way that I had always dreamed of um, in 2017. So it's been just exactly two years ago. Nice. Um, so yeah, and I've just been kind of running with it since. Yeah, um, and we're and, and, and so some of uh, the artists and the people that you work with on your e-commerce, those are some of the people that we're having, right? Yes, for this and, night market. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. you all also do these night markets. This is going to yes. be your third one that you're doing? Yes. So but if you listen to this after we do the night market, maybe we'll have another one here. So always look at the dates and stuff because maybe we can be the regular place that you start to host them. I mean, so I'm sure that I you probably want to do them <laughs> different areas too, but, you know, yeah. um, no, so, so, you know, fill me in a little bit on that, you know? Yeah. Um, so in a, in a quick nutshell, like Almanac of Style, the, what it is, is a travel-inspired online shop um, featuring a different neighborhood each season. That's kind of like the form that it's taken now. Uh-huh. So every season I cover a different neighborhood. I interview local makers and then I collaborate with them to make limited edition exclusive goods like sold on my site. The other thing I do is these night markets, which, um, you know, I I guess I was inspired by when I travel and there's like night markets are pretty prevalent in other parts of the world. It, there's like always there's this energy about it mm-hmm. that I love. There's like a buzzy energy and I'm just a night owl myself. So <laughs> and I like cocktails. I like to drink. So um, <laughs> I basically was just like, what kind of mark if I were to do a pop up market? in support of these makers, which is what I want to do, and support shopping local, um, how would I want to do it? And so it's kind of taken the form of these night markets, and we always have like free cocktails, um, bites like food. Um, music is also just a very important part of the event for me that I, quite honestly, it's one of the things I enjoy the most is putting the playlist together for it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> which is why this time, I think I told you, like, I think it was Kismet. Um, you, Christina, actually recommended had the idea of turning it into a dance party afterward. And I think I told you that after my first one, because so many people commented on the music, like they were like, oh, even if I sold nothing here, like I would just come because the music is amazing. Like, it's just fun. You know, they had a great time and that's what I wanted. I was like, I just want everybody to have fun here. Um, And it felt like a precursor of like setting the mood because when the night market ended, I think everyone was in the mood to dance because of the music. So um, I had actually, literally said that and I felt like this is manifestation where yeah. I said I was like oh my god I want to turn it into a dance party is that crazy I remember telling people yeah. like is that weird I don't know of anything like this um and so when you said it I was just like yes yeah. let's do it um so that's what's happening this time and we're even really having fun. uh tarot readers kashuk yes. readers energy healers so all those other favorite like, things that you love there. that's what I'm saying is this plate like all of this um you know kind of manifested and and fell in my lap, you know, January brought me in and all that, but I I can't think of a better sort of combination of all the elements of just where I'm at in my life right now. Like, yeah. I feel like this is a great culmination of all of those things. So it feels really nice. I love that. <laughs> and um, y- your website, your e-commerce platform, the blog that you still, you still do the blog too, right? Yeah, it's on there in the form of oh, like interviews. It's okay. editorial content. Uh, so. Share what it what is it so that um, where is yes. it so, so people can grab it yes so right now it's just an online store um, all online it's almanac of style a l m a n a c because a lot of people struggle with the spelling but almanacofstyle.com is where you can find it 
Um, all of my products are there. Uh, look out for announcements for night markets. I try to do at least one a year, but I'm working up to like two at least a year. So I would love to do a holiday one, hopefully this year. Um, and, and yeah. And as you heard her, I'm gonna repeat it because all of the, the products, she was working with these local artists that are doing limited editions that are only sold on her site. So it's things that you can't get elsewhere. So I mean, no matter where you're listening to this and the different communities and, and, and you know, so if you want a piece of, of I don't know, Los Angeles or Venice or, yeah. or wherever you go. Oakland, you know, Brooklyn Oakland. was yeah. my latest season. Sorry, I forgot to mention those are the places I covered. Okay, so yeah. then, then you can have that piece. And, yeah. and, and a special limited edition from an amazing local artist that she's vetted already and you know. Yes, um, so, so we, we've covered Joshua Tree was the first season I launched okay. with. Um, Eastside LA, Oakland and Brooklyn are the places so far mm -hmm. and we have vendors coming from a lot of those places coming in from LA or into LA from those places. So amazing, right? And so imagine her continuously all over the United States and not only the United States, because I see Glory. your global vision <laughs> being manifested. It'll so happen. you can take a piece of local artists from communities in and around the world and have those special that not many people are gonna be able to have in their limited editions, so. Yeah. So, All right. yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm <laughs> excited. Thank um, you. Thank, thank you, you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. Uh, please remember to like us, to leave comments on iTunes if you're listening, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. If you can leave a comment in addition to like, you know, starring it, whatever, it just helps people find us. Uh, if you want to check out our online store, or any other information, liberateyourself.com. And of course, when you're in town, um, Come to either Liberate Emporium or Liberate Hollywood for healings, readings, or whatever you might want. Thank you. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Liberate Hollywood. All one word or Liberate Emporium. All one word. Until next time, liberate yourself.